let's put the week into perspective. We started out in the 3,900 handle, getting ready to push through to 4,000. Kapow, pow, put the end to that. We sniffed the 3,700 handle yesterday morning, and we rebounded. Can we just get a bad jobs number so the Fed can lighten up just a little bit? Can we get above Wednesday's close? That was the day, 67.75. That's right near your pre-market high. We're going to talk with the CME's chief economist, our boy Blue, who's been telling us for months inflation is not going to go down, that it takes some time. We'll get an update from him. We'll do some earnings. We'll get to some tickers of your choice. This is Pre-Market Prep Friday. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, folks, up 28 handles in 27, 55, 75. The old 50% number, that came into play this morning, 1575, your pre-market low. That's so important to hold that. We'll see what happens off the jobs number. And you know what? Maybe maybe with a good or a bad jobs number, we can sniff the 3,800 handle, and I would call that a good day. Uh, The buck, that's backing off. That's down 57 cents at 112.23. TLT, that's down 54 cents, 95.29. Whoo, crude, reared up its jets to get through 90, and it did it easily, and it went through 91, up 344 at 91.60. I'm sure that's helping the stocks. Uh, gold on the rebound with the buck down, up 22.50 at 16.53.40. High hole silver, trying to get back in the 20 handle. Up 54 cents in 1997. Bitcoin, 20,000, 20,000, 20,000, 21,000. See if we can break out over 21K, up 305 at 20,5590. And you have Ethereum futures up $32 at 1578, mid. So, Mitch, you just licking your chops here at this rally. Where is Mitch? You guys leaving me all alone all by myself? Triple All alone. Triple D is in the trade cave here, and uh, he's buried. So he'll be here in just a few minutes. But, you know, the lighter liquidity overnight, they lift offers. We're back up here. Are we going to get kapowed again? Well, I think it's going to be all determining on our leadership once more, right? What continued down yesterday? Well, our leadership continued down. So I'm just going to continue watching the bigger stocks to see how they they're either going to reverse or continue down in the trend they are. And Apple's definitely one of those right down about over 9% in the last three days and quickly coming down for those October lows, right? Microsoft making new lows and also Google probably even looking worse. So until these charts change, I feel that we still have the pain here right now how about if they just stop going down yeah that's a good news not 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 like they don't have to go up 
But man, I mean, we're just looking. I was looking yesterday, and I was looking, you know, looking at the you know the top four stocks, and they're down, you know, one and a half to four percent. It seems like every day there's something like Apple that got you know submarined by uh, the Qualcomm report, right? Qualcomm basically called them out and said, "Hey, you know, chips, demand, headsets, phones coming down," and they just took that. Look at Apple; it is giving back all of that earnings move right and now we're back down perhaps gonna visit 135 i'm dying i just can't wait to, I'm, I'm trying to get gene munster on next week uh he's been um you know evaluating the uh you know the earnings and he's crunching his numbers i'll really be interested in what he has to say i'm gonna try and get him on here uh one day next week do we have a, a special guest at 805 here special guests and guess what I can just tell the indicator is already telling me what type of day it's going to be. The question is, chat, are you ready for Dennis Dick? It's going to be one of those days, man. <laughs> it all started last night when the Oilers blew a two-goal two lead and a one-goal lead with three minutes to go. So it's going to be one of those days. Uh, is what it is. Uh I don't know. And then I've got uh, construction guys here today, too, just finishing up my exterior stairs. So I wanted to make sure that was okay as well. So, again, been one of those days. I want to say congrats to my buddy Brian, though, on Twitter. He's a Devils fan, and the Devils beat the Oilers. So, Uh, yeah. I I thought – I didn't know if you had to get the shovel out this morning and you had, you know – one of those it's clunkered. 60 degrees here it's warm see no i meant warm. the shovel is a position like a position in something uh, i look okay so far sometimes it's still to be determined on these days you know where you got you know some movement here and stuff moves around quite a bit so far so good i would say but yeah you know some of these days it's a shoveling day where you know i say i'll be there in a few minutes because i got a bazillion bad positions on <laughs> okay okay then ain't All one of those right. days it ain't that bad. All right. Well, I don't I know. Sometimes, sometimes you have like you know a real small position in some unknown stock that you got stuck with at eight o'clock, and it's down like you know twenty two percent, and you're like, I can't believe I took that home. But anyways, that's not well, the case. We got earnings. Mitch, do you want to yes, yes. you want to do some earnings again? Start yeah, well, let's let's get into earnings. One uh, one area that we can look and kind of I could segue from what you just said is uh, maybe if you were short some of those China EV names, those would have definitely gave you a little bit of a troubled time this morning as China, China. stocks are jumping China. on rumors China. of zero COVID reconsideration, and wow. so this is on all off of rumors. Nothing has been said by the government. It's all on what's being reported in the news. And I don't know if we can really trust their news, but here you guys see it. Definitely getting some lift. And you can look at some China EVs, and they're, they're pushing today. Uh, I mean, this is kind of what you need, right? I mean, uh, uh, um, reopening of the uh, the Chinese markets. I mean, that's good for the global economy. We just... Don't know if that's going to happen. We can come in on Monday and it could be a, a totally different story. That's obviously giving a big boost to oil. So once again, you got to be in it to win it with these things. Like, can I buy uh, Bob up, you know, six bucks? Maybe it's the right thing to do. But 
Man, you gotta you gotta be in these things overnight. Triple D, what are you seeing? All the moves are overnight. All the moves are overnight in the Chinese stocks. But this is a China rally. Don't kid yourself. It was gonna be an ugly day. I mean, and just quietly here, which we probably I don't know if you mentioned it, but you know, Apple pausing all hiring was what hit the market last night. So, and I'm not sure if we mentioned that headline here yet, but that broke around five o'clock um from bloomberg that apple is going to pause all hiring except for i think research and development in one other area so obviously you know they're prepping themselves for a slowdown by doing that um and the, and apple got hit last night if you bring up the chart of apple and we'll bring it okay. back to china here in a second but i think you know we need to yeah, that's kind of paint the whole tape here what's happened last night you can see last night we got hit pretty hard then we got this huge rally of zero COVID China overnight, and everything is now ripping higher. So they're bringing Apple back up with it. But last night, it was a bit of a tech wreck. Qs were down pretty substantially. And mm-hmm. obviously, Apple was down a buck and a half at one point in time. So laying out that perspective here. Isn't um, that good, though? Isn't that good? Well, that means- some people would say that. Uh, uh, um, some people would say, you know, if you're pausing hiring, you know, obviously expenses are coming in here a little bit. So you're prepping yourself. But it's telling you that they may be anticipating some demand destruction from one of the yeah. big guns. You don't want to hear that. So I don't think it's necessarily good news, but it's still, um, the, the stock was holding up fairly well last night. It's holding uh-huh. up pretty well here this morning. So taking it in stride, I think everybody kind of forgot it once China said, yeah, zero COVID, everybody hit green light go and the algos hit green light go. So that's where we're at right now. Back to China stocks. I mean, the big moves, they were all sitting near 52 week lows yesterday. That's not the case here this morning. Baidu is up six bucks. Bob was up six bucks. You want to just look at China all together. You go to the FXI, it's up 6%. So it's a big rally overnight in the emerging markets and specifically China. I think off that last report with Apple, um, and this is something that, uh, like I said, we're going to try to get Gene Munster on next week. Um, get more out of what they have get more out of me and you the apple users you know not necessarily you know whatever subscriptions or you know whatever services baby you know they got the infrastructure in place it's just you know they got the users they're not losing them like uh like facebook maybe they're not all buying new iphones but you know maybe more of the script you know subscription services and that that's something Gene's been talking about for a long time. Uh, quick technicals on Apple. Dennis, good thing you never lifted that hedge. They teased you at 155. You really did. Yeah, now you have 15 bucks back away. Oh man, you're you're even a long ways away from the the bottom of uh of uh Wednesday's range. That's 145. That first thing, I mean, you still got 280 to go to uh uh, to yesterday's high, I th- I just like to see these stocks stop going down. You know, Apple, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. Yeah. Stay still. Stay still, and I think we could have a rally. But they go down every day making new lows. Well, not Apple making new lows, but Amazon, Google, uh, Microsoft. I mean, these things just they go down every day. And, and, Looks- and again, this builds to the bull thesis, not the bear thesis, because the S&P is holding up so well despite the leaders now lagging substantially. I mean, Apple just hammered. Amazon's been down seven days in a row. I own Amazon, the long-term account, from $120 down to $89. Cannot catch a sniff of a bid here. Yet the S&P's resilience can be until Powell kapowed the market two days ago, but still kind of holding up. And you know where we bounced yesterday, if we take it back to the S&P's, Joel? Perfect, we bounced Dennis. right yep. at the 50% retracement. We talked about it on this show that it was a logical place to bounce, and that is where we bounce here again. 
So I think as long as you're holding, I would say that's my new level, 368.79 on SPY. If we can hold that, then you start thinking about, okay, well, maybe we start shrugging off, you know, the the, the Kapow, the, the Kapowl um, press conference, and maybe they start thinking, well, he did say in the in the in the speech, they did say in the in the minutes, in in the they actually said that, well, they might start thinking about pausing after the next meeting. So I mean, that, that was in there. That was that wasn't print. said. That wasn't said. They said that they would consider it. Right? It's a discussion. It wasn't said that they would actually pause. I don't think I just said that, Mitch. I said they might consider it. I think that means a discussion. Oh, so, just a discussion, right? But it's that, good that, to clarify it because yeah, I'm very, I, I've sure. had a hell of a morning here. So I'm no worries, no worries. Just wanted to make sure but that I'm right we both with got it right. So we're, we're yeah. on the same page here. They might consider yeah. a pause yeah. after the next meeting. But that was in print. So the market is still could gravitate to that. And they could say, hey, China zero COVID market might consider it if we get a nice data point off to the race as we go the buy signal is going to be when we get some inflation data coming in which we have not really seen yet and obviously oil is not going to help it next month because oil has come back up now and you see yeah. you know you know wage inflation everywhere my kids are home today it's been a heck of a morning because in ontario uh the janitors and the custodians are all on strike because they want more money so we have no school here now this is just showing you everybody is getting pinched Everybody wants more cash. I saw that Disney employees in Florida want a 20% pay hike. So, you know, now you have wage inflation just coming everywhere, chasing the goods inflation, which we've had for the last year. So it's going to be a hard thing to bring in a check. I'm not sure if the Fed's plan is going to work. It's obviously not going to work immediately. Eventually it will work. We're going to have Blue Putnam on. He can talk to the timing of how long this is going to take to work. But going back to original thesis here, we've had a good move off of bad cpi data we just had a 50 percent retracement on the move perfect i think, I think you're spy. buying stocks as long as spies up to, uh, above 368 below 368 that would be my stop out if i'm putting on any longs one thing just, for apple that i wanted to add here um just uh jeffrey's analyst at edison lee is putting out a note this morning and this came from bloomberg uh iphone 14 sales in china since launch on september 7th have declined about 33 percent compared to sales of iphone models in a comparable time frame so more people taking shots at the iphone you got it they got to do something i mean if if you're predicating on the next move up you know being the the phones um that's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough road to hoe it really is i mean mine lasts forever but um well we'll see i i like i said these things are just if they could just hold steady. When I looked at, uh, you know, when I was looking at my screen yesterday, and I'm like, at, you know, you see Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, all down a couple percent, right? And then I look at the bottom, and I look at Exxon Mobil, J and J, JP Morgan, UNH. I mean, polar out that 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 rotation's still there. I just don't know if the other 495 stocks can. You know, hold up the the five, the four or five that are absolutely just just crushing us. But it does. But it is, and the it rotation is, is, is there. Money managers want to be in stocks. You clearly have seen this gravitation to lower PE stocks. It's why the energy stocks, to Spinner's point, keep going up because they're low PEs. It's not rocket science. This market right now, Gilead sells off a little bit there and then right back up again. So, I mean, they're buying stocks with low PEs. That's where they're gravitating to. That's where they continue to gravitate to. Money coming out of the mega cap tech trade, especially the higher multiple ones like Amazon, 
but you know, coming out of a lot of tech trade too, and they are gravitating. Although interesting, yesterday there was a turn in everything. So at that 50% retracement, you started to see, and I wrote this down, you started to see seller exhaustion in a lot of the really beaten down names. Like Peloton had a terrible report, down 15% pre-market, closed green. Roku, terrible report, down substantially, didn't get it all back, but got a lot of it back. RCL, terrible report. What about that? What it's about the same that? thing. It's a little bit of seller exhaustion, you know, and we were saying, I said on the show, so egg on my face is that these things could eventually go bankrupt. I still think that's the case. I still think they're going to have a rough time if we go into a recession. But with that being said, and CCL would be the most likely candidate. But with that being said, yeah. they're turning around and they're buying these things right now. So a little bit of seller exhaustion and stuff that's really been beaten up, especially the tech names. ARKK. Tried to go green yesterday after a really, really rough morning. Obviously, she owns Roku, and that was down. It's going to have a rough day with Twilio today, too, uh, which we can get to in a second. But you are seeing sparks of bullishness even in some of the beaten down names. The only thing that hasn't caught a sniff is Mega Cap Tech. But everything else has been trying to turn around to a certain extent here. So you've got to respect that. You know, like I'm still, I've been saying this for a while. I'm a believer in the bear thesis. I'm a believer in that recession is coming hard for us. But I'm also a believer in reading the tape. And the tape is telling me that there are buyers in this market right now. So short term, that's why I said yesterday on the show I'd be buying that pullback. We got right to the level we talked about. Now you're sitting up, you know, one, you know, four, 40 handles from the 50% retracement thinking maybe we can build on this. I just want to learn. I mean, this 80, look at this uh, consolidation station in Gilead here. I don't know what's going on at 80 bucks, but uh, just under 80. Not all the touches haven't been at 80, but that would be another clear breakout. And then you have and four full disclosure, lows. I just got to say, I do have, a, I didn't, I just realized I have a long trading position in Gilead. I will be selling that today, though. So that's one of my 24 hour trades. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, I just wanted to let's, move on. That nice big yeah. number sticking out like that. Let's do sure. some earnings now. Let's go to it. I'm going to get both of these together since they're so close. Let's go to PayPal and Block, right? Very similar yep. businesses. Let's give their numbers here. PayPal holdings at Q3 EPS, $1.08, beating the $0.96 cent estimate. Sales at $6.85 billion, beating the $6.82 billion estimate. PayPal did raise guidance on full year 22 EPS, but lowered revenue guidance on the Q4. And one thing to keep in mind, um, their sales, this is what they gave. They gave $27.5 billion versus $27.81 billion. So it's just slightly off there, but raising their EPS full year 22. Uh, total payment volume was up 9% year over year. Now let's move to Block's numbers here. Blocks Q3 adjusted EPS at 42 cents, beating the 24 cent estimates. So big beat there on EPS. Sales at 4.51 billion, beating the 4.50 billion estimate. And for for uh, Block Cash App's Bitcoin gross profit declined 12 percent year over year. What screwed up PayPal was Block reporting first. Block beat them. They were supposed to report the same they got night. Beat. Yeah, but Square got those good numbers out fast, and then the bar immediately raised for PayPal. The PayPal numbers I didn't think were that bad, but I think if they would have reported first, I think you could have saw a different reaction to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, because some people are asking why is PayPal trading down on that? Well, honestly, <sighs> you know, and it's a stupid market, but this is the way it works. Yeah, slight bar beat just by got, PayPal. On Square, the EPS. Square was a Square was a stronger beat, and it got the numbers out there first. 
Yeah. So and Square ripped higher. So then they're like, oh, PayPal's going to be good too. And then ten minutes later, PayPal comes out. And it's like, well, it's pretty good, but not really good. So they ended up hitting it. I do think the dip could get bought in PayPal again. Seller exhaustion that we saw yeah. yesterday. Yep. We already are starting to see it here. So I think I would be a buyer of the PayPal dip here as a short-term trade. Maybe you're wrong, but bounced at a good level too, Joel, which we can throw to you. I mean, there was multiple lows that back at $67 back yep. in July. And yep. that's right where we bounced after hours. So I don't think this is one that's going to gravitate back to those lows. Boy, did you avoid getting twisted in this and these earnings? Because if you were jumping, I mean, this is for this is a pair trader's nightmare or a pair trader's paradise here, huh. one or the other, for these to go, you know, obviously they're heavily paired up. Uh, you, great job on mentioning the lows. Those are monthly lows. We've seen the scenario with a lot of the gross stocks. Uh, what's jumping out to me right now would be 72. Uh there's probably nothing there on the dailies or anything, but whoever bought that early dip uh, down into, you know, uh, to under 68, maybe almost uh, 66 and something it got to, they're letting it go at 72. So if you get above right now, 72 is resistance. Uh, so let it, uh, let that, if it gets through 72, wide open on the upside, the bottom of yesterday's range, 75.29. And then for block, let's see if anything jumps out to me as far as levels. Uh, well, first things first, getting through that that uh, that after hours high that comes in at sixty two seventy nine. Oh, and you got a wall on the dailies here too. So, what does that come in at that area? Oh yeah, that comes in right there. There you go. That's what you need. You need to rally up, take out that pre-market high, and get into this open territory. Where to buy it up six bucks? I'm not sure. About I'm that. not chasing things. No, no. It's still, we're not in the market where you need to chase. So even if you're getting bullish, there's no reason to chase stuff. All right, let's go to the next stock here. Reporting is going to be let's do Coinbase and Coinbase EPS coming in here at a loss of two dollars and forty-three cents, missing the loss of two dollars and forty cent. Estimate sales at 590.34 million, missing the 659.88 million <sighs> estimate. Coinbase had 8.5 million monthly transactions users in the third quarter, down 500,000 from the second quarter, but a little bit better than their competitor, Robinhood Markets. If you compare them to Robinhood, uh, Robinhood ended the third quarter with 12.2. 2 million monthly active users, but they lost 1.8 million in the previous quarter. I don't want neither, though. I'll just say that. No, <laughs> uh, I, I think this, this is going to be a continuation. And maybe Bitcoin starts to get hot again. I mean, this trades with Bitcoin, so maybe it can lift on that. I but still think we're in winter. I, I think we're in winter for a long time. And Bit, I like, but Bitcoin held up well. I mean, it held that 18,000. It's been holding yeah, up been well. Holding. If we go back into a risk on market, NASDAQ starts to rally, you got to be bullish Bitcoin too. The stuff all moves together. So, I mean, you can say, oh, yeah, it doesn't, but it really does. So, mm -hmm. it has for because the masses are in all this stuff. So, you get the Cathy stuff starting to go up again. Bitcoin will start to get a lift because of that too. It's all correlated together. Bitcoin is just a NASDAQ stock. That doesn't right. really That's bad, a, a bad couple days. I mean, the street, you know, of course, the market, well, this started going down even before the market. This thing was at 75. Oh, boy. I, I just would thought, like, if you, oh, you're still so far away from uh, from yesterday's high at 61.88 because it got slacked yesterday. I don't know. I key on the pre-market high 61 or after hours high. 
tried it again uh, early this morning. If it doesn't get over 61, that's still three bucks away. I think the Bears are in still firm control. And the low and the close right by each other, decent support, 55.75, 55.80. But, wow, this thing got absolutely cracked handing into the report. Now it's up a little bit. Bit, bit of seller exhaustion here, too. So, again, all this stuff moves together. So, if you start to see those beaten down names start to show life like a Peloton Roku, that's not bad news for coin here. So, I could see a balance just as a trade, but not touching my long-term portfolio. All right. Now, let's. Uh, I'm going to give some numbers before we get to the next topic here because we are going to get an important numbers coming in here at 830. What's so- happening? Uh, Dennis, jobs number. get ready. Oh, yeah, the jobs. I'm Jobs number is important. Of course, all eyes right now wide. are on the non-farm payrolls. Estimate is 200,000. Prior was 263,000. Now, where I think it's definitely important is, yes, watch that non-farm payroll number. But what moved us last time, this similar time, was the unemployment number. So I'm actually going to be focusing a little bit more, actually, on the unemployment rate. estimate prior 3.5. What do we not want to see here? Let's not see 3.4, right? I mean, we want to see unemployment rising, not coming down. Is that not crazy to think we're in this world here where we want bad economic numbers? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's a little insane, but... That's where we're at, though. That's what. That's also a topic, right? If we want to save markets at certain times in the pandemic, well, this is the kind of pain that we sometimes are going to have to deal with. And I think that there's two sides of the coin that we always have to remember. We saved ourselves during the pandemic, brought a lot of liquidity. Now we're taking it away from the markets. So we have to be okay with this side of it also. Um, we'll see what happens with these numbers. Last time it was the unemployment number that really kind of changed things up. Payrolls were a little bit off, but the unemployment I felt was the more focused number after the release. We'll see what happens here. You know what? Coming I, soon. Yeah, it's coming. And, I, I'm just going to say, I, you know, you, Paul had to have a look at this number, right? You know, <laughs> like peaked, it, you know, during the week. I mean, uh, well, it depends. If he, again, if he we don't know when he gets stack, these numbers. Yeah, if he had it in his stack of papers, he definitely probably gave it a little <laughs> well, peak. Yeah. But someone was on CNBC yesterday saying that the Fed chairman does get a sneak peek at these numbers. Really? Um, back in the day, didn't know if it was still that way, but he said back in the day that the yeah. Fed chairman, just the chairman would get a sneak peek at those numbers. So I'm not sure if that's still the case or not, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, not out of the realms of possibility. And let's just be honest, at least from what we've seen, the data has yet to point to in the good direction, which is like Dennis just said, actually in the bad direction. But hey, (laughs) we'll see what happens today. Will that change it up? 8.30 coming soon. I wanted to get to us early, so you guys can't say that we missed it. We got you guys prepared. Now get ready. And if you want to follow along as this hits the tape, one of the ways you guys can be doing it, of course, is going to pro.benzinga.com. Get your two-week trial. You don't even need a credit card. Check it out, team. And right after and that. you can watch the one-minute chart, too, that we're going to put up. Yeah, and uh, we got a yeah. perfect timing on our guest today, Mitch. Why don't you exactly. Exactly. After that, of course, we'll be having Blueford Putnam, my man Blue, like we all like to say, and even the chat calling it out today. Managing Director and Chief Economist at CME Group. Excited to get Blue on after this number. And of course, 
We're going to have to see what Blue has to say about the FOMC meeting, see what he thought. And of course, we've asked him the question before, when will the numbers kind of really show up into what we're seeing? How's that lag effect going? Got some great questions. And of course, don't forget, Benzinga, this is the competitive advantage that you have over going to other medias is that you can ask a question. So throw up your question in the chat. We'll definitely try to take a question or two from there and get your chance to ask Blue a question. All right, let's keep going. Let's get right towards this bell. It's gonna I'm going to leave what? it with you guys. Yeah, yeah, Go Triple D, get out of here. I'll be back hopefully let's soon. Let's do it. Yep. All right, uh, bye. Starting uh, to open wide yet? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's – I mean, the algo jumpers are out there. Oh, there I mean, it is. There you go. And if you think about like that, the amount of money and the mark, you know, that the transactions that are going through right now, um, I'm not going to go for the head fake. I'm not going to go for the head fake on this. I will I just let's we'll go wide here. That pre market high is an important level to me, 66 and a quarter, because that was in the area of Wednesday's close. We didn't even sniff it during the regular session yesterday. Um, on the downside, I mean, mid range on the sessions, 41. Uh, oh, let's see here. We're getting the, the first head fake is up, Ooh, second head fake is down. down. All right, I'm and now the number here. That's that, all it, right, it's, here hot. It it's hot. Unemployment at three point seven for October versus three point six prior three point five. I kind of like that number actually. Yeah. Non-farm October two hundred and sixty-one thousand versus two hundred thousand estimate. At least from my eyes, this is this is not bearish. What are we numbers. missing? Yeah, this is bullish yeah, numbers missing in here? my eyes here. So I'm just gonna try to adjust here, like you guys are too. But at least from what I'm hearing on these numbers, that doesn't really read bearish to me. But we're still heading down right now. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Uh, we did get the pop, 67 and a quarter. Was that? Oh, I didn't take my Here's notes the unemployment here. number, October 3.7 versus 3.6 expected prior 3.5. We're moving in the right direction there. Huh. Uh, I mean, bad direction, but good direction, right? And uh, non-farm payrolls, 261,000 versus 200,000. That means that we added 261,000 versus the 200,000. That would be a good thing, right? Because we got to first add, then we can get to, to unemployment getting a little bit higher. But uh, it seems like uh, we're not getting the reaction we expect to see. And sometimes it happens, team, where it could be illogical for a little while and then the market plays it out. So let's see if the algos have it here. Or if we're going to turn around and get some kind of more uh, reality towards these numbers, it seems to me like it, they weren't the worst. But of course, we can always ask Blue coming up. Yeah, yeah. This let me run down the technicals. I know of Blue course. is uh, anxiously, uh, anxiously waiting to come on. Um, we did make the new pre-market high by a three ticks, and uh, but we couldn't get to sixty-seven seventy-five, and that was. That was the the close from Wednesday. So that was my number on the upside. Got a big ND there. And then they came down and they knocked out the pre-market low, uh, which was uh fifteen seventy-five. But they bought they bought that back up. But right now I'm just looking at this and with the way the numbers are and the increase in the unemployment, you think there'd be a little bit better uh, reaction here in the market. I think it bounced off the hourly there, Joel. Uh, on the SPY hourly, we have 369 kind of support from yesterday. Okay. 
it just bounced right off of that. So we could have just done the kind of little whoosh down and could pick, be bottom. picking up. Exactly. So that's what I would watch right now. Kind of those hourly candles, especially from 11 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Thursday. You see 369.04 low. You see 368.79. So somewhere around, I'll, I'll put the area around 369. If that holds right now, I'm still going to be in kind of the bullish sense because in my eyes, if these were really bad numbers, we probably would have whooshed through there versus bouncing off of there. And it looks like we did get a bounce really close. We got a really nice bounce. And that was in the area of yesterday's low. Um, technically, uh, it kind of w- did what it should have done. It went to, you know, it went to Wednesday's close. The, that was the resistance. And then it went to support. And then the last thing I want to do, and then we're going to we're gonna bring up blue, is I like to see, you know, where we were, right, before the algo jumpers got involved. And we were at, where did we, we begin? Where did we close this bar? I just want to jot this down here. Uh, we began that bar at or, um, 49 and a quarter. That's where we were at. So we're, we're overall, the reaction's down nine handles. A couple other closes there at 37.50. So that's my key right now. That's the key on the upside. That's what the bulls need to do some heavy lifting. Uh, if not, it just seems like there's still sellers out there. You want to roll the intro for uh, Blue? You got that? Yep. Let's do it, team. Guess what? I want to hear the chat say it. My boy, Blue. Let's get him on. Blue, how we doing? Uh, we're doing great today. That, I okay. think we're doing better. I can definitely say with these numbers that were released, but we'd love to hear your opinion on what we just got released here. Looks like we got unemployment at 3.7 versus 3.6 expected. What do you have to say first? Let's talk unemployment. Then we can talk the non-farm payroll. Well, the unemployment rate ticking up doesn't really mean too much, but it's it's slightly positive in the sense that, you know, when you create uh, 260 whatever thousand jobs and they also revise the uh, previous month's job up, if you're creating plenty of jobs and the unemployment rate goes up, that means the labor force particip- participation is rising. The labor people are coming back in. Uh, that's actually a healthy thing for the economy. So uh, I think this is a, a good number for the economy. Uh, the labor market is probably going to slow down over the next three or four months, but that's just because uh, we don't have enough workers to create this many jobs every month. You know, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty good pace. So you have a unique perspective on the, on the jobs number, and uh, I know a lot of people talk about participation rates and whether it's a, you know it's a lagging indicator. Uh, and you know, give us give us that uh, unique perspective. Well, everything uh, in an employment report is a lagging indicator, okay? So <laughs> the uh, if we have a recession, the jobs market will be the last to know, but they'll take the brunt of it when they find out. Uh, so uh, the, these are lagging indicators, and you should, you know, take them pretty carefully. You know, the, the thing that I look at, though, is, you know, the jobs market is so incredibly different than four or five, three decades ago. I mean, you know, wages are not as big a part of the uh, total corporate picture as they used to be. We're much more of a service economy, things like that. And so the relationship between the job market and inflation, it's still there, but it's way weaker than it used to be. So, you know, it's uh, if you're if you're waiting on the employment rate to rise, uh, 
you know, before inflation comes down, you know, you might get that relationship a little off. And just coming out of, uh, you know, like the pandemic too, right? I mean, it's going to, how long do you think it's going to take, you know, for the, you know, the we, we, we got those numbers, remember, uh, during the pandemic, you know, unemployment numbers, you know, 20% or whatever, and market would rally. Um, how long, you know, we, we had, you know, an excess of, of workers. How, how long do you think like the whole, the whole post-pandemic thing is going to shake out in the labor market and we get to some kind of equilibrium. I mean, we can't stay down here forever, but it sure doesn't seem like it's going back to four, four and a half, five percent anytime soon. No, not quickly anyway. But, you know, we lost 22 million jobs in the pandemic and we got 22 million back and a little more now because uh, we're above it. But we didn't get them back in the same place. And the uh, the industries that kind of benefited from the pandemic in some ways and, and maybe over higher, they're going to be laying off some people. That's, you know, some of that's in fintech. Some of it's in, uh, you know, if you're in the IPO market, some of it, if you're housing origination, by the way, these are all white collar jobs, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then the, uh, the parts that haven't come back as much are like the leisure, hospitality, hotels, restaurants. They're booming, but they still need uh, more workers. And they're about a million workers short or maybe a little less now after this report. Uh, so we, we're really back in the sense that we've recovered the number of jobs we've lost, but we're not back in terms of adjusting to what the post-pandemic economy is going to look like. And if you were a, you know, if, if your business made an extra amount of money during the pandemic servicing the disruption we have, you're going to give a little back. And if you got hit really hard, like restaurants and hotels, it's going to take you a little longer to come back. So I think we got about another year of friction in the uh, in the labor market as we still adjust to what the uh, post-pandemic economy is going to look like. And it's not the same as the pre-pandemic, you know, so more adjustment to come. All right. Well, recently, it seemed like a lot of people were speaking about the Fed either pausing the pace of the rate or going towards a pause. I know that might not be what you're thinking, Blue, and of course, we'll ask your opinion there. But in my eyes, what is needed, really? What was going to take for the Fed to really even kind of lean towards that way? Well, I can't, I, you know, I don't know exactly what the Fed's thinking, but, you know, if you were going at 75 basis points a meeting, uh, you're going to be at a pretty high rate by the middle of next year. So slowing down the pace was kind of, a, that's, a, that's a relatively duh, obvious thing that was going to happen. Uh, but so the real uh, interest, I think, among people like myself and, and market participants is where's the peak rate? Uh, federal funds futures puts it right around 5%, just a little above, actually. It gets to five and a quarter in uh, March of 2022. Um, but, you know, the main thing that you really need, uh, market participants, everybody needs is patience. Uh, we had a, a huge inflation shock. You know, we put $3 trillion into the economy. The Fed bought $3 trillion of assets. You didn't think that was going to have inflation. I don't know what you're doing. Um, but anyway, um, but once you get that shock, it takes a long time to work through the economy and slow down. And so we're, I think inflation on the headline has peaked, but on the core, it's very sticky. It hasn't peaked, <coughs> or maybe it has within a tenth. But, uh, you know, we just need a lot of patience. Uh, but all of the things that cause this inflation are being worked through. So 
I don't know where the peak rate will be, but, uh, you know, the Fed funds futures seem to have a pretty good handle on it. All right. It seems like, of course, uh, we heard Goldman Sachs put out kind of 50, 25, 25. Is that kind of how you see it kind of lying down? Yeah, that's pretty much what the federal funds futures market says. I mean, that's, I don't, you know, that's, that's, that's the consensus. And, you know, consensuses are a little dangerous, <laughs> but because uh, in, in this kind of world where everything can change quickly. Uh, but, you know, the Fed, uh, you know, the Fed does have to worry about uh, full employment and price stability. Right now they've got full employment, so they're only worried about price stability. But if the labor participation rate can tick up, if people get drawn into the labor force by maybe a little higher wages and things like that, that's a good thing. And that actually will tick the unemployment rate up a little bit. So uh, I see things pretty healthily here right now, but definitely slowing into 2023. We're on the line with Blue Putnam. He's the managing director and chief economist at the CME Group. Blue, I, I don't know what month it was uh, when we, we had John, and I think it was, it might have been May or June. And, uh, you know, we were like, Blue, you know, when, when are these numbers going to come down? When is what the Fed's doing uh, going to filter through the economy and have its desired effect? And uh, you said it's going to take a while. And you really, you really tempered our expectations. Uh, that's turned out to be a great assessment uh, so far. Now that we've moved on a few months from that, are you still firmly in that camp, or you know, we still just gotta <laughs> just gotta write it out? Well, I haven't gotten any new material lately, so I'm pretty much saying some of the same things. But we have. Uh, we have had an impact. I mean, the, the Fed has more than doubled mortgage rates. Housing sales are down. Housing starts are down. And the housing industry is really the first industry directly impacted by the Fed moving to higher rates. Now, housing is not as important to the whole economy, again, as it used to be in the 1980s, 1970s, 60s, things like that. But it's still important. And if, if you were going to build a house, uh, you probably are still going to build it. But we are expecting uh, construction and things like that to slow materially in 2023 just because of what's already happened. Now, housing is an asset. So it is not in the CPI. It's not in the consumer prices. But we do impute a rent cost as if you if you own your house, then the the uh, the. Uh, Bureau of Labor, the you know the people that do these statistics, they uh, they figure out that well you can rent it to yourself, and the way they do that calculation, it's going to be sticky for a while. So the rent component of the core CPI, and rent's about forty percent of core, thirty percent of the total. Uh, it's uh, you know it's going to be very sticky, but we have had an impact, and that's why you need to be patient. I mean, we. Even used car prices are down. You know, a lot of a lot, most commodity prices are down from their peaks that they hit back in May and June. So it, it just takes a year or more for all this yeah. to work through. Higher interest rates are. Uh, I mean, obviously they put they put pressure, you know, on the stock market, right? Is there, you know, there's alternatives, right? The Tina trade, the Tina trade is dead. Uh, but. But but talk, I mean, there, you you mentioned before in the past there there are some positive effects from higher interest rates. People that you know or have uh, fenced income, or people like myself that are looking for more. You know, I mean, you 
better rates, you know, and the rates are even better this week, you know, layering into different, uh, you know, interest bearing investments. Talk about some of the positives of hiring. Yeah, there are a lot of positives for getting back to a <clears throat> letting the market choose the rates, if you will, you know, like the, uh, the you know, the 10 year, wherever it is, uh, 415, 420, um, you know, that that competition to equities, because, you know, way back, you know, it was below 2% for a long time. And, uh, you know, if you look at what's happened in fixed income and in the treasury market and you compare that to what's happened in equities, well, it explains, I would say, about 80 percent of it uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, if, if you get a bear market in bonds, you're going to get a bear market in equities while they readjust. Uh, and so, you know, equities aren't telling you that we're going to have a bad recession. They're telling you the economy might slow down a little bit. But what they're really saying is we had to adjust to the higher yields. And that means like you were saying that retirees don't have to stretch. Uh, people don't have to take more risk than they should. I mean, that whole search for yield, people were taking way too much risk and now they've paid a price for it. Uh, so getting back to the price discovery and the proper allocation of capital with efficient financial markets, I think is a really good thing uh, you know, for, for us to be at. I think we, uh, we underestimated the cost of staying at near zero rates and quantitative easing for way too long. And we really didn't have much of an exit plan. But now that we've exited, um, you know, we can get an economy that I think fund, you know, fundamentally works at a very robust, healthy level. All right. Now, Blue, of course, one thing that we've been focusing on is the supply chains, right? It seems like this is what led to this issue. Now, is this still what's holding us back or are there other issues that are kind of just being kind of sticky here and we can't get over them? Uh, the supply chain is uh, still around issues, but uh, some of them have been uh, quite well resolved. I mean, computer chips are available now. Some specialty ones aren't, but the big, you know, most of them are. The number of, of ships trying to unload out of the port of Los Angeles, Long Beach, you know, there may be six to 10 stacked up there, but no, nothing like 100 like there used to be. Um, you know, if you look at what's happened, you know, oil peaked at 125 on WTI, it's down in 90, a little over 90. Uh, gasoline has come down, used car prices have come down. I mean, you know, we, the supply chain issues aren't solved, but they are way into the resolution stage. So that that's not uh, something I'm too worried about as we go into 2023. Got a question here regarding the real estate market from L. Ivy. If real estate prices go down, is that going to keep pushing rents up and keeping yields the same? You know, it's an interesting thing because this real estate market reacting to 7% 30-year mortgages instead of 3% creates a very interesting dynamic because the uh, the balance sheets of the homeowners right now is is really pretty good. Uh, they have cash. They some have some equity in their homes. It's nothing like 2008. None of the subprime stuff, any of that. We're, so the housing, the homeowners in pretty good shape, except they can't move because <laughs> if they sell their house, they won't get the price they thought they might get. And then they will have to take out a 7% mortgage and give up their 3% mortgage. So we're going to actually have a decline in the supply of homes available to be bought because people are getting locked in. Now, what did we do in the pandemic when we were locked in? 
we did all kind of home improvement projects. And I think more of that's coming, uh, which will actually help the economy. So this housing market, there are no parallels. 2008 was nothing like what this one's going to be. And if you go back to the SNL crisis of 1990-91, that one had a lot of uh, issues that are simply not around this time. Uh, so this is going to be a pretty hard to analyze housing market because people are will be disincentive to move. Uh, and the people that have to move or have to sell will. And so housing prices might come down a little, but I don't think they're going to come down all that much. By the way, you know, if you look at all of these things, you know, we don't have a lot of population growth. We don't have a lot of labor force growth. You know, the U.S. is about a 2% GDP economy. And so once you kind of, and that's really kind of the glide path we're probably headed for. And that would be maybe 150,000 new jobs a month. So we're, we're working down our way toward that glide path. Um, which I think we'll be at. And then if we go lower than that, that is because the Fed probably decided it needed to get inflation down faster. All right. I just want to ask you about, uh, you know, we're like, we're so U.S. centric here, right? We're focusing on our CPI and our jobs data and everything. But, you know, the global markets, global, what's going on in Europe, that seems all to get, you know, swept under the table. You know, things are changing on a daily basis in the, uh, in the UK as far as their direction. Strong dollar is really hurting them. I mean, is that, you know, is that this, you know, like we're looking for different things in a recession, to, you know, to, to slow down the markets. Do you think it's just going to be this deglobalization that's really going to come up and, uh, and then kick us in the pants? Well, there are you, you mentioned the strong dollar and things. There's some uh, consequences of the, the Fed leading the pack of other central banks. And, and the, um, you know, the strong dollar means we're exporting some of our inflation. Our inflation will probably come down a little faster than what happens in the UK and Europe because of the strong dollar. They also have a bigger, you know, you talked about supply chain and supply side issues. They have a much bigger problem. Natural gas is like seven times more expensive in Europe than UK. Electricity prices are sky high. They're going to have a recession from all of these hits. And so, you know, what are their central banks are even in a much tougher place because Inflation in Europe and the UK is just slightly higher than in the US, might last a little longer because of their weak currencies. And yet they have a much, uh, you know, they have a recession coming from the war and from the supply side thing. So they're in a very, very, those central banks and those countries are in a much more difficult place than in the US. And, you know, there's some other kind of unanticipated consequences of the Fed's action. By the way, the Fed's going to lose money on its portfolio. This doesn't actually matter to the Fed, by the way. The Fed can print the money, uh, so it can always pay its bills. But, uh, you know, the Fed used to provide $100 billion a year to the U.S. Treasury. That's going to go away. Uh, And so it hits the fiscal side of the U.S. a little bit, you know, the $100 billion. Um, you know, so that's one of the interesting uh, side effects going on here. And of course, the, the strong dollar. And then we get a little more. The strong dollar creates some incentives for uh, central banks like the Bank of Japan or others to sometimes intervene so that their currency is not quite as weak as it might have, you know, be going. The Bank of Japan intervened a couple of weeks ago that, that to intervene in the markets, they have to sell their U.S. treasuries. 
So when they sell, when they intervene, they're sellers of treasuries. So that adds volatility, another little addition of volatility to the U.S. Treasury market. So all kind of little unintended things going on uh, once you get past our domestic focus. Well, thank you. Like always, Blueford Putnam, Managing Director, Chief Economist at CME Group. I'm going to go ahead and throw up the link here. If you guys want to get expert insights and analysis on market events from CME Group, also, of course, Blue, go ahead and click that link. Always appreciate you coming on, Blue, and giving us some look inside the hood, whether it be from the U.S. markets to global markets. Like always, appreciate you coming on. Got him on uh, next next Friday too. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next the week. Blue. numbers. So, oh, CPI, see you next week, yeah. Blue. <laughs> see you next Go week, Blue. Friend. Go Blue, indeed, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get a look into the markets. How are we hanging in there right now? We're Joel? doing, oh, man. You know, when you get a number in your head, you just can't get out of it. That Wednesday's close is just looming so large here, sixty-seven seventy-five. Uh, got there right before the number. You got there once again. You just blew, you know, just went a couple takes through it, 69.50. So it feels, you know, the momentum is to the upside, but it feels like, you know, you make it's going to be one of those days. I don't know if it's going to be like one of those runner days, you know, where you get through the pre market high, you tack on five handles, you tack on another five handles, you know, boom, boom. Feels like, you know, it's going to run up and, you know, make a, oop. A little blip there. You you still got me? I still got you. No worries. You're still All here right. with me, Joel. Short concast. Um, <laughs> you know, so it just feels like it's going to be, you know, one of those, you know, sell the dip, you know, or sell the rip, buy the dip kind of thing. But yeah. who knows? The bull, There's not much resistance in here, but it just feels like you're shorter term traders that didn't get caught long going into that CPI number. They got some good bargains uh uh, yesterday, they got some good bargains in the after hours. They got some good, bar- if you were so inclined, uh, got good bargains this morning. And mm-hmm. they don't care about the rest of the day. They don't care about uh, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. They're just, you know, shorter term traders, you know, flipping out of it. And uh, I think one of those uh, shorter term traders might be uh, Triple D. Um, I think he's going to be uh, buried here. I don't know if we're going to see him for the remainder of the show, but uh, perhaps we can get some of his commentary uh, later on. Uh, Mitch, have you been going to Starbucks a lot? Um, I'll tell you what, I'm not a big Starbucks fan anymore. And I think people know this. I've been a little bit of a bear in Starbucks, but that's just because I'm starting to see the brand not be able to innovate. But that wasn't what actually happened this quarter, right? I mean, somehow they're still able to beat numbers. Let's give those numbers here. Q4 EPS at 81 cents, beating the 72 cent estimate sales at 8.41 billion beating the $8.31 billion estimate. They reported Q4 comparable store sales up 7% globally, up 11% in the U.S., and double digits internationally, of course, excluding China. Now, one thing that I think, and this is where I start kind of more playing into play, is Starbucks reports that China surpasses 6,000 stores, pushing global store account to a record 35,000 711 stores. Is this viable in the long run? I think in the long run, at least the consumer has gotten to the point where 
uh, mom and pop shops, you know, other competitors coming in like bros and, and different coffee places. I think in the long run, Starbucks starts coming down. It's just yeah, one of these brands. Yeah, that's a big move. I know, man. Inflation. It's one of these coffee. brands that, you know, it's Ugh. just, it can stick around, but they truly need to innovate. Now, one thing, of course, in the report, you'll read a lot that their cold drinks again taking lead, right? And it seems to me like it's not even their coffee anymore, but it's their they're these cold drinks that are keeping them alive. You know right what now. I hate about the, I mean, I don't go to those places that often, but uh, you know, just, just to, the time it takes to put it in the blender just real quick. And we got triple D back here. Uh, this 90, 50 to 90, 70 area. I mean, if you carry it into the report, looks like good resistance to me. Uh, triple D, you got uh, a dip Top. and a rep. Dip, rip, dip, rip, dip, rip. That's dip, what rip. you just saw happen in the last 27 minutes. Show the chart on the SPY. We have just been a complete shop fest. They hammered it on the initial number. The algos seem to be always wrong. So the initial moves usually wrong because those algos are they all were stupid. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, they're all stupid. Way wrong again. They hammered it right down to where do they bounce it, Joel? Oh, right there. The number that we've been talking about that we identified before it was the number 369. Yep. Those 50% retracements continue to work. Bounced it right at that level. If you had an order sitting out there and you got long, congratulations. You're immediately up 50 <laughs> handles here right now. Buy the dip mentality is back. The number it wasn't is. great. It doesn't matter. Again, we've got to go with what we're seeing. And what we're seeing is the buying of stocks on bad news and the buying of you know the overall market on bad macro data that you know, obviously should be good macro data. But in this economy, <laughs> we're looking for we, – we, we don't want anything that looks hot. Because that's going to mean the Fed's going to yeah, We want this the economy Pelotons. destroyed now. That's what the market wants. <laughs> they want the economy destroyed. These Peloton disaster earnings, that's what we need. We buy just, those stocks. Why, why don't we just make the president of CEO, you know, just Peloton CEO. You just go to, just be our president or something. We don't write the rules. We just follow the rules. And right now the rules are like the market. That one. That's so, true. I mean, that's true. good news for the bulls here so far. Yeah. Is it going to be more chop? Yeah. Do you have to chase? No. But. Do you need to start thinking about maybe buying some stocks on dips? I think so. I'm actually, uh, and I said it when the number came out, I'm bullish. You guys heard You're it, right? bullish? The when did you go is, bullish? The bear Stop. is Hold green the light. <laughs> when did, when did Hold Money Mitch turn into the bull trap? Oh, no, I said it in the chat when the numbers came out. There's they were not good many numbers. times. I know. There's, there's I know. not many times you've heard me say that the numbers are bullish. They I said it really they quickly were bad. because did. at the end of the day, so I'm going to, I'm going to call it like they I see it guys, whether numbers. I be right or wrong, <laughs> just like Dennis. Joel. It was so quick though. It was like, mm. you know, you had that dip, you know, you that dip was out there. Yeah. I'd have your order uh, out there. Yeah. You had to be totally ready true. to get that dip. I'd you had to be ready. Right. You That's the You've got to be We're entering the limited resistance area here, folks. I mean, because of that bad day that uh, we had, I've been harping about Wednesday's close. That was 3766.75. Excuse me, Wednesday's close right there, 6675. We know how hard we came down off that level. And now it's blue skies here. We are now the in the holy boys. macro. Yeah. Big What's boys bouncing here. Big boys starting seven. to bounce already. They heard Mitch was bullish, and then they, they like I all these head so. funds started covering their shorts and everything. 
Listen to the show again, those algos. They're listening to our content. We got to turn these algos off. Mitch, they say, Mitch turning bullish. I'm going bullish here too. Holy mackerel. Man, the bears scratching their heads on this one. If you're bearish, you got to be scared on this reaction. If you're Mm -hmm. bearish and you're staying bearish, and I think we've turned Mitch to the bull side. If you're bearish, I think you've got to be scared on this reaction to a certain extent here because this was hammered on the initial number. And those buy the dippers just emerge again. We're back in this buy the dip mentality. It started turning for all those crappy stocks yesterday, like your Pelotons and your Rokus and even your RCLs. Seller exhaustion to a certain extent. Now, does that mean the low is in of the move? Nobody knows the answer to that question. My time frame right now is 24 hours. I cannot predict what's going to happen two days from now or two weeks from now, and nobody can. If somebody says they have the crystal ball, they're telling you what they're doing. They might get lucky, but they don't know anything outside the just the immediate moves here. Immediate moves right now. We pulled back. Buy the dip mentality is out here. I think you're buying dips. Yeah, yeah and one I, thing I've yeah. been calling for, I said there's two things that are going to change up this market. It's either numbers starting to go in the favor of the pausing and the slowing down of the rates or the actual Fed kind of mentioning that talk, right? Well, here we finally got some numbers that actually point to the right direction. Now you'll start seeing some more bullish commentary. I think from the money managers today, uh, if you turn towards the other medias, I'm sure you're going to be hearing them coming on and being like, well, we got good numbers now. The Fed is going to pivot. I would just, I'm going to hop off here in a second. I would just, you know, the rally's looking good here. I'm still going to keep an eye on this big tech because yes. it's gotten hammered and it's catching a little, I mean, Apple's catching the bid, Microsoft catching Google, Amazon, they're, they're catching bids here. I just don't them like if they just don't roll over like the pigs that they've been the last couple of days, then uh, we're almost at the top of my sheet here. Um, as far as uh, the, the resistance, I mean, I think the last resistance number I had was in the 39 or 3816 area, and that wasn't much because of uh, the Fed action. So, uh, great job with uh, uh, the show today, Mitch, and bringing Blue on. We'll have him on next week. Triple D. I, I, I listen to all that in the background. I'm like, that guy's a wealth of knowledge, man. He's yeah. a wealth of knowledge. I was just listening, and you know, he said the one year <laughs> I'm listening was to Uncle the whole Blue. thing. I'm trying to trade. <laughs> Cause I'm like, holy man, dip and rip. And I'm like, I'm trying to trade. But then at the same time, I'm trying to listen to blue and process all that. And I'm like, man, I got to re-listen to that blue Putnam interview here when the market slows down just to grasp all the concepts and all the stuff he's talking about here, because he's a wealth of knowledge. Well, and, and also he, he puts it at like, we, I can understand what he's saying. You know, it, it's not, you know, sometimes you talk to economists and yeah, they're like, yeah, they're using simple. all these terms that, yeah. you know, you never knew when you took economics pass fail. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, yeah. it, it's kind of, yeah, who pulled I don't out. think they have pass fail when we in Metro Oh, thank gosh. Economics and accounting, <laughs> baby. Okay. All right. I'll let you guys finish up. Triple D, I'll check in with you later. Yeah, sounds good. All right, definitely keep up with Joel Alconan on premarketprepplus.com. You don't got to go far. Just check it out, premarketprep.com. All right, so... Um, it's an everything time. rally. The only thing I see significantly down here, I don't know if we talked about, is DKNG. It's getting hammered on its earnings. Yes, this is the kind of stock it. that was getting bought yesterday on the dip. It would not surprise me if DKNG gets some of these losses back. Yeah. So I know it's getting hammered here right now, but we watched Peloton come back. We lost Roku come back. 
I'm a relationship-based guy. The evidence is saying that a buyer of DKNG here, especially in this mid-12s where it's bounced before, is a prudent decision. So I'm, I may be wrong. It's just my opinion. But I think uh, buying this DKNG, I think DKNG could get some of these losses back. Just my opinion. Yep. And DraftKings under the hood, what's looking good there? Third quarter revenue increased 136% to $502 million. They're still not in the green. And that's why I think they got hit negative in their EPS, right? They missed by four, by four cents on their estimate. That's why I feel they got hit. But if you look at the quarter growth in the revenue, eventually this leads towards profitability. And I think that DraftKings in the long run will be profitable. It's just going to take a long time. Why? Because they're trying to get their user base up. So monthly use unique payers increased 1.6 million. So you're seeing the unique paying customers up 22% year over year. That's good outlook. Average revenue per player also up 114%. So showing you that what? They're doing what they're intending to do, which is get the user base, get the market share, and then they'll go working towards profitability. I, I took a little starter position, very small here. I would stop myself out under 12. So just well, saying the lows. Thank you for giving us hold. the full so yeah so you always want live trading okay well i just made that and we'll see (laughs) i may get stopped out under 12 here small keep it small because lots of risk it's still digesting this thing could come back in you know really quickly you know we don't know where it's going to bounce the real level is 1244 so a little bit lower than here i'd give myself to 12 on this i'm already losing 10 cents look at this you know this is how you lose money live here so um, anyways i just try just trying it Small hey, though, small. Smash the like at least. Dennis yeah. giving us the full description. Keep it there, small. Full I'm transparency. One, one, I'm one quarter of the size of a normal position. Not, not even. And I'm like one fifth, twenty percent. Very small. So we're just, just digesting here. So hey, could be, like could always, be a bad one. I don't think What's anyone's going to so argue about getting a little live action from Dennis Dick. So I appreciate you, like always, my friend, and have a good day and a good weekend. Okay, you guys too. Take care. All right. Now we're going to get you over to some live trading action. Yes, I said it. We got live trading action today. Normally, we get you over to all access, but we wanted to get you guys into the markets today. Of course, we can see the action moving around. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. Come towards the live trading stream. I'll be there looking to go ahead and see if I can catch some of this. I said it a little bit of a bullish rally. You guys see the green light in the background. Let's go have some fun. Come join me on live trading. If you've never been there before, I think today might be that kind of day you want to go ahead and check it out. See you there.